Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Cast Haven. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always is Nathan Gullia. Nate, how's it going, man? Pretty good. How about yourself? Um, you know, uh, I had I had a fun week. Uh, did a little bit of uh, did a little bit of gardening. Played a little bit of Storm. <laughs> I uh, I've been in uh, Maine for about a week on vacation, so I'm looking. I'm actually kind of itching to get back and play some Magic. It's been a while. But I've been on the beach, and I've got a couple more days. So yeah, we're getting into those dog days of summer fun. when everybody uh, takes takes a little bit of a break from magic. It, it seems like. You know, it's funny. I used to always, you know, my my talk to my wife about, you know, playing magic, and I would say like, well, I really only play these weekly legacy events and the occasional, you know, Grand Prix. It's not like I'm trying to get on the pro tour or anything. And now I'm looking at, you know, how to get on the pro tour. Why don't you tell everyone why? Yeah. Well, um, that's because there is now a way to play Legacy on the Pro Tour, uh, thanks to Team Unified uh, Pro Tour. That's in. Uh, when is that going to be? That's going to yeah, be the. Uh... It's August third through fifth of twenty eighteen in Minneapolis, Minnesota. This is Pro Tour twenty fifth anniversary. That would be a really awesome Pro Tour to be a part so of. I think. For for several reasons. It. it... Yeah, let's let's talk. You have always been more serious about playing on the pro tour than I have, and I don't mean that as a slight or anything. I just like I've always been like I don't have time to even consider it, you know. Yeah, I mean, but, for like, me, it like, was it, you it, do in a way. <laughs> yeah, it starts. It starts like you know. I mean, if not to go into too much ancient history here, but I have a past based on like really wanting to get on the pro tour. Slightly tragic past. I won't go into that too far. You can read about it on the blog. Um, but, um, you know, uh, that's always been a drive for me ever since I started playing the game as a kid is, like, to win tournaments and then to, like, get to the next level, get to the next level, get to the next level. And lately, because of the way Standard is, I haven't been on that grind as much. And I'd say over the last, like, two years, you know, like, adult life begins to take over and yeah. and you move on. But, um, you know, I still have that dream. Like, I'd like to make it to the Pro Tour one day. You know, like, I'm I'm 37 now. It'd be cool to make it there before 40 uh, I'd, I'd accept before 50, honestly. Um, but, like, you know, I have been playing this game for about 23 years, and uh, the Pro Tour for me is, like, that's the that's the ultimate thing. I guess I, I should say it's the penultimate thing because, you know, uh, winning a Pro Tour would be obviously much much cooler than just being on a Pro Tour. But, you know, just be to be there and to compete and to consider myself part of the history of this game, a game I've been playing forever, um, you know, that, that to me is like, is all part of the dream. Yeah. And I think that's, that's great. I, I, I think the thing that's been interesting for me about the pro tour specifically is like, you know, I've seen some people get on the pro tour and it become a very emotional moment for them. I think about a month ago, Christian Calcano made his first top eight at a pro tour. And it was just like, you know, you saw how hard he had worked and how much he had, you know, dreamed to do it. Mm-hmm. 
And I never felt that way about the Pro Tour specifically because I don't really like drafting and I can tolerate standard if it's like really good, but I don't play it that often, right? Yeah. So I never really, but so to me, it's always been like, man, wouldn't it be great I, to top eight a Legacy Grand Prix or to make top eight at Eternal, at the Eternal Championship, right? Which Something is, like that. Yeah, that's, that's and that's the highest we can get as Legacy to play players Legacy, for the most part. See, yeah. Right. And like, but this, I, I'm seriously, I, I was I was here in Maine, I'm walking around, I'm thinking like, okay, how can I make it onto this pro tour to try? And then I have to find a person to play that and a person to play modern, who's also qualified for the pro tour, which yeah. might not be easy. But uh, but at least like the possibility of being able to play with dual lands at the pro tour all has a dual land after the pro tour. I'm sure. Yeah, they had to have like 1.5 on the pro tour or something like that at some point, right? Maybe not. I mean, it's basically always just been extended? about showing off standard. Like the first extended? Uh, yeah, what about like the first extended? extended, extended of course, that, yeah, because you had stuff like tricks, but was extended part of a pro tour? It was. Wasn't it a part of a pro tour in like the mid-2000s? I don't know. I, I'm just saying, like, maybe it was. And it would have to have been in 1999 yeah. <laughs> for yeah. that to have, have a, a dual land with Pro Tour. But, like, I mean, that would be amazing to really, you know, to be part of that, like you said. And, you know, I guess the question is, like, how much, as a legacy player, are you willing to play standard? Yeah. Because there is, like, this weird loophole, right? So if, for most people who, who, you know, if you're listening to our podcast, maybe you don't know because it, it took, I just am learning a lot of this for the first time. There's the PPTQs, right, where you play at a local level to get an invite to a regional PTQ, an RPTQ. Mm-hmm. And, but the RPTQs for this team event are going to be team RPTQs, but it's going to be team unified standard at the RPTQ level, which I think is bizarre. Yeah. Like, how many cards are in standard? <laughs> not not as I mean, many as are in other formats. Not a lot of cards. <laughs> I mean, whatever. A team unified is an interesting is an interesting format. You know the choices you make, but geez, okay, whatever. So they're it's gonna be. But if you have a like, you can get on one of those teams. Only one person on the team needs to be qualified. That's so you just have to make actually. friends with a guy who can win standard PPT. Yeah. 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 You have to make some friends with someone who's. Um, qualified for the RPTQ, but then you have to practice standard with them. And with who knows? Whatever that you, know, you can come up with. Maybe you even, uh, you know, maybe you even know people like that. Maybe you also play standard. You know, like that's that's a possibility. It's it's a remote one for for players right now, but it, it's it's a thing that can happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the that's probably the easy. I think that's the easiest path to do it by playing the least amount of like by playing the least amount of standard or limited because the other ways to make it are like top eight a, a grand prix or just grind out the whole thing yourself by winning an rptq and a pptq or topping whatever it is yeah or um i'm looking at the magic I'm like, how do i do this on magic online but i think it's the same <laughs> like it's the same deal you got to play standard like there's a sealed yeah well modern they have modern ptq finals that's close enough. I mean, to, to go back to But it's to interesting the, what they're doing. I mean, they also brought back a modern Pro Tour. Yeah, the, the fact that the modern Pro Tour is back is, is good news for everybody because I think uh, if you're a standard player, the scrutiny that standard is under right now is, is, is 
probably just too much for it as a format. And, um, you know, it's, yeah. it's tough. It's like, um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain properly, but like, basically if you're playing, uh, standard all the time and they're showcasing those cards, it, it will eventually get to a point where you are like it, the format just gets solved so fast that it's it's tough to it's tough to come up with a, a winning strategy that's better than anybody else's winning strategy due to just the fact that people are gonna people just grind that format. So if you're a if you're a person like me who you know, I play modern uh, occasionally, I play sta- standard very rarely and I play Legacy and, and Vintage most of the time, uh, it's it's hard to compete on that level when everybody else has all that information and you're just, like, on the periphery. Yeah. Right. I, I Yeah. But, I mean, it, it's something to consider, I think, if you're a Legacy player. Um, I mean, Minneapolis is easy to get to from almost anywhere in the country. It's in the middle of August, or the beginning of August, I should say, so it's not like school or conference season if you work like me like if this was in may or september i couldn't even consider it you know because that's busy season for my job um and if it was in like portugal (laughs) i definitely probably couldn't consider it you know no dice yeah but it's in minneapolis which you know geez it's so so tantalizingly close and all i gotta do is like you know qualify and then i get to play legacy which and then (laughs) What do you think the metagame at the Legacy Pro Tour is like? I mean, you just want to show up to that thing with price to progress in your deck, right? Because oh, people man. are like, gonna. <laughs> I I have to I have to yeah. You got to Eric Higby the crap out of this thing. I feel like you know you got to just be like, yeah. this is how I'm playing this. I'm going full on, and I'm just going to punish everybody uh, for playing anything that's not the you know not the like widely accepted like best deck. You know like. If you're gonna if you're gonna show up to this thing, you have to know your deck well, obviously. But also, you just have to punish people who are just like, well, you know, I'm just gonna borrow a deck from a friend. The pros that don't actually play the format that often, it's just like, god damn, like it's it just feels like there's so much there's it's so easy to brutalize people, uh, if because the pros don't play like uh, legacy like like legacy players play it. Yeah, and I mean, it's just like no one's showing up to this thing with a rogue deck, probably. It's the no, pro tour, no. right? And you could just be like, what do people want to play? They're gonna play some sort of Delver deck. They're gonna play like a blue mid range deck, and it's like, what's the best deck I can play <laughs> against all those decks if I could play it all the time? Just like, I mean, I'd be like actual burn, which would be kind of funny, but it's not like the team events. It's for the Star City version of these, where you know, a lot of format is people playing a budget legacy deck yeah this is gonna be like the pro tour so it's gonna be interesting like if it, it's too bad that, and i know why they can't but it'll be awesome if they did this with vintage wouldn't you love to see what vintage decks these pros bring oh god i mean I maybe would, not right now i would would I would, I, I would love it really i mean like get, getting onto the pro tour to play vintage that's 25 that's 25 years of magic right there like that's the whole thing right it's almost too bad it's not like legacy vintage and freaking old school. Like that would be a pro tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> legacy vintage at like ninety four. That would be an awesome pro tour, but um I know why it's not. But it's just yeah, it would be course. cool. But I, I just I don't know, I just I just think that this is this is an interesting opportunity for legacy players. Maybe if we tweet them enough they'll let us have legacy RPTQs. Because they I remember when the RPTQs were first announced, they were gonna be any format you wanted. 
could be an RPTQ. Yeah. But then they switch it to just standard or modern and limited, which I think sucks. But yeah, I mean, it's not it's not fun for us, but obviously they're trying to sell a product here, right? So it well, it gets back to what, what we were saying about the Grand Prix trials, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was the best opportunity to play like a mid-level tournament on the local level in Legacy, yeah. right? And uh, they took it away. Like it's almost like. I wonder how many people were playing, were scheduling PPTQs that were crazy formats, you know, because people were having fun doing it. And then it's like, no, we need to sell six packs to every player. So yeah, I mean, so it was like limit uh, sealed. You have to assume <laughs> that some of the stuff that got announced, right, uh, the modern Pro Tour coming back, you know, the Magic 25th anniversary is obviously a bone to throw out to people, right? But um, some of this is just based on the fact that like attendance at local tournaments for standards down a lot, right? So um, bringing back the Modern Pro Tour um, is a feel-good for modern players, obviously, and it's it's like a glimmer of hope for legacy players. Like, ooh, could they could they maybe give Eternal like a couple more events, right? Like, basically, we just want to play Magic more, you know? Like, but we will get. Well, part of this announcement was that because they have this team. Legacy Modern Standard Pro Tour coming up. Mm-hmm. They're going to run more Legacy Modern Standard Grand Prix as teams. There, that's in this announcement. So there are going to be these that that format. That's you know, got to give Star City some credit. And I'm about to kill them in the next segment, but like, um, got to give Star City some credit for coming up with this. I mean, instead of having to make a eight, like I said, making 800 people play Legacy is not easy. Getting 350, not so not so bad, and you still get. 700 other people in your tournament right yeah so there's going to be more legacy grand prix to be played um you mean you again you got to make friends with standard and modern people but you know if there's three or four of them in the first half of the year next year i mean that's that's more than we got this year plus maybe the dedicated legacy grand prix or something like that i'm sure whatever their grand prix vegas blowout is going to be we'll have that team trio or whatever yeah. it's called i think that's the way to i mean really i almost feel like that's something that they should offer for every grand prix should literally just be like we're gonna focus almost like star city does it right they focus on one format and then the next day is the other two formats but like for a grand prix it's so much larger you can get so many more people they should really just start being like hey this is a grand prix for these three types of tournaments come one come all you know and yeah. then there's three top eights and you know i feel like you're still gonna have a good turnout the number of people that that i knew at the new york uh grand prix this year that was standard that just showed up to play in the legacy side events was unreal there were so many of us that were like i'm not playing standard that's crazy talk but i'm i will definitely play in this legacy side event that's like the value is actually better truthfully than the Grand Prix, because you're liable to not walk out with anything in a Grand Prix anyhow. Like, I walked away with, I think, $70, $80, you know? Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, I know, right. It's it's like, I think that they're they're switching their, there's a little bit they're switching their um, strategy from customer acquisition to retention at this point. Yeah, they're, they're I mean, having modern... a lot of problem with, with retention before they were really, really just pulling it forward with the, with the customer acquisition, but now... The problem is, is that we're all here and we all don't want to play standard so much anymore. <laughs> right. I mean, modern is by far the most popular uh, format they have. Yeah. 
and it's and that's across whether it's Wizards of the Coast events or Star City Games events or just local things you see. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's because it's it's a format that people can play been around for a while. It's a format that newer players can get into easily. They can support it with the Modern Masters releases. And look, I mean, you know, is it perfect? No, but you know, it's be- it's better than nothing. I guess it's, would be the it's way not to put only it, better right? than nothing. It's just there's so much. There's so much available, and it's much more affordable than Legacy. Uh, do, do you know that today, maybe it was yesterday, that um, Underground Seas went up to $500, Nate? Yes, that's what I was going to tell that's you. Like, I want to, much credit as I want to give, yeah, as much credit as I want to give SCG for uh, coming up with this team format. Like, that was a huge like kick in the balls to people yesterday. I've, yeah. I've never seen like, you know, I don't know to use a very overused metaphor it's like you know alderaan blowing up like every a lot anyone i knew who played magic was like can you believe this this is like this is the singularity for dual land prices and i'm not gonna i mean like i got nervous like my collection's at home right yeah. <laughs> i'm like please please are people working on my house like please don't start a fire yeah. <laughs> you know my collection's insured but you never know yeah of course. <laughs> but like right it's just like boy uh, that's a lot, and it's just, you know, people are saying they knew this this announcement was coming. I don't think that. I one think they had insider knowledge, will... honestly. You know, like, come on. Well, all someone has to do is is mention it in passing by accident. Yeah. I I don't think I I don't think they're expecting, um, like this legacy this one legacy pro tour to drive that much demand for legacy staples no like or, your especially pros already like have that. the cards and if they don't have the cards they have access to the cards i i can't think of yeah. anybody that i know that's go- that would be at a pro tour that like someone isn't like hey man we'll get you a deck well, like, is it a you know is it a big bet is it a bet on legacy and like in a way are you like God, oh, a bet on legacy that they i mean i would like think it's a I mean, bet on it's, legacy it's, yeah it's 500 dollars for a near mint underground sea like i mean there's so few of those and star city grades so hard like you know whatever you're gonna still be able to get but it it just it just pops that up i I think i saw them at tcg player low like 310 and that will come down yeah um to under 300 which is fine i mean that's fine it's (laughs) terrible it's It's kind of ridiculous well how much much is a bizarre bag dad like you know (laughs) well here's the question nate is is look uh, wizards is staunchly against the reserve list like getting rid of the reserve list, but is there a point where the cost of cards becomes too high, where they say, "All right, it's time for a quantitative easing," you know? Um, you have to you have to wonder if there's a number, you know. The Mark Rosewater just goes, "Well, I mean, a thousand dollars for a dual land's way too high. We have to print them now." Well. <laughs> you don't need them. Well, I, I ordinarily I would say you don't need them for any serious event, but they're having a legacy pro tour. Pro tour, so. right? <laughs> I mean, this is this is your chance as a legacy player to raise hell, right? Uh, if there's a time to do it, it's being like, hey, you're supporting a format on your pro tour where we can't even get cards for, we can't even enjoy the game, right? Like this is here. Here's me on my soapbox right now, but like we yeah. can't even enjoy to play the game. Uh, at our locals, at our stores, because it's too expensive to buy the format staples. Like, th- th- lands, man! These are lands. That's crazy, yeah. right? I remember opening a Savannah as, like, my one of my first rares, and I was upset because I was like, what is this trash? But, like, <laughs> honestly, you can't play this format without dual lands. Wizards needs to do something about that. 
Yeah. I, I mean, well, the tabernacle, I know that's not the same deal, but, like, I was kind of looking at them, you know, at the at the Grand Prix, and I didn't pull the trigger, and now that's, like, 1500 bucks, you know? <laughs> and that just takes it off the table, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, but the thing is, like, what, why the dual lands need the qual- the QE as much as, like, power needs it. Like, I want to play Vintage. Well, maybe not right now, but eventually it'll be kind of fun. Like, maybe this format will yeah. be fun again. I mean, the beautiful thing about Vintage is that you can, for the most part, play proxied Vintage. Most places that do Vintage allow you to proxy, like, 12 to 15 cards, which is uh, is a giant help. That, that gets people that can already play Le- Legacy and moves them into, oh, you have power. Yeah, and I think it's different. The feeling of proxying power is different than the feeling of proxying underground sea. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you're it's like definitely different. Like, uh, power is it's it's it's. I mean, rarer is sounds stupid, but like it is rarer. You know. And it's restricted. And, yeah. <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, but uh, but like an underground sea that you need three to four of, I mean two to four of one four depending on what deck you're in. But you know what I mean, like. You know, if you if you want to just like play like some sort of blue black monstrosity that is all the people play in Legacy, um, you know, you, know, you got to spend three of your proxy slots on this, and proxying a land doesn't yeah. feel good. It's just, I you mean, know. here's here's my call to actions for Wizards, right? This is your 25th Pro Tour and 25th anniversary Pro Tour, right? Right now is a perfect time to be like, hey, we're going to release a new set of dual lands called Legendary Dual Lands. And you pick, like, Mount Shiv, you know, Teleria East, you know, whatever. Like, you pick all these different locations around Dominaria, and you print them as literal dual lands that the only background, uh, sorry, uh, the only backlash on these cards is that they have Legendary. And you know what? That's good enough. I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at Buy It Now on eBay, $315.99. For an underground C, two forty-five. Nine days left. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. Good luck with that. <laughs> Hold on. Let's look, let's, I'm looking at Goldfish. Uh, what's the the last underground C? Two thousand eleven. One twenty-nine. Two thousand eleven. Ninety-four dollars. <laughs> I got mine in two thousand fifteen. So let's see. Yeah, hundred bucks up since then. So. And I, you know. This is also mid TCG mid or whatever they do, but geez, it's 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 astronomical. It's it's know? it's sort of ridiculous at this point, you know. Like it's just it's it's such a bummer that like you can't get people in, into this awesome format. It's so much fun because the very first thing it's such a stigma. The very first thing in their head is this is too ex- it's just too expensive. I can't spend a hundred dollars on a land, and you're like uh. It's three hundred dollars per land, and they're like, <laughs> "What? That's insane!" You know, like that's you know that's the worst. Is like this is such an awesome format, so much fun. It is literally magic. Twenty five years of Magic: The Gathering. You get to play with all the cards minus power, and like a couple of cards that are not that are just not okay, right? You get to play with all the cards from Magic, and they're coming to the twenty fifth anniversary, and all they have to do is do one of two things. One, they could get rid of the reserve list. Probably not going to happen. Mark Rosewater is very staunchly against it. I'm very, I'm very much opposed to that stance, but it is what it is. Or they can just be like, hey, you can play this format. We're going to print dual lands that effectively work like dual lands, but are just different enough 
that you'll still need a regular dual lands eventually. I don't know. I think that I think that's a fair way to uh, to you know ma make the difference. It looks like we lost Nate for a second. Um, uh, sorry, we back? Yep, there you are. He's okay, back. Sorry about that. Yep. Okay. So I'm looking at at Grixis Delver and MTG Goldfish, mm -hmm. and this is this is who I'm saying. Four Deathrite Shaman, sixteen fifty six. Four Delver Secret, six forty eight. Two Gurmag Angler, fifty cents. One Fatal Push, eight ninety nine. So one Fatal Push costs more than the four Delvers and two Gurmag Anglers. The whole the, the whole for, creature base. <laughs> the whole creature base is sixteen plus six plus three. That's twenty five. The whole creature base is twenty five bucks. The whole spell suite: three, nine, seventeen, twenty four, uh, thirty four, uh, forty, forty five. Forty five bucks, like. And then four force of wills, three hundred bucks. So, so your twenty-five plus forty-five gets you two-thirds of the deck. So you're, you're getting two-thirds of this deck for seventy-five bucks. It's a pretty good deal. Which is that's less than you can trade an invocate. You could open an invocation, right? A random invocation in your in your Amonkhet draft or whatever, and trade it for two-thirds of this deck. But the other third. Here's the catch. 300, yeah, three hundred. <laughs> Force of Will for a set of Force of Wills. 123 for a set of Misties. 75 bucks for a set of Deltas. I remember Delta, one Delta was 75 bucks. You had one Tropical Island, 225, three Volcanics, 62498, three Underground Sea, 115137. You're not opening a random invocation. Well, maybe you can open the Force of Will invocation. But, like, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just too bad. Like, because these decks, it's not like. But the thing, when people, well, Legacy is really expensive, and it is, but it's really only the land base. Yeah. Um, four color level, two, like, you know, again, other than Force of Will, like, four Snapcaster Mage, 208, 12. But even then, like, you know, that's not, that's less than one Underground Sea, or one Tropical Island. Yeah. Uh, two Jace the Mind Sculptor, 132.94. Was, that was how much one of them was when it was in Standard. Let's click on Ad Nauseam Tendrils. Uh, four lions I diamond, four ninety three eighty. Like that's a lot, but geez, that's like the one thing. Everything it's, else is what like less than ten dollars. Every other card is less than ten dollars. Uh, Infernal Tutor is about fifteen, okay. twenty bucks. Yeah, but like, uh, yeah, I mean that's what that's the thing. <laughs> like really, at nauseum tendrils, you know, maybe you stick a freaking uh, uh, water grave. <laughs> you could, I yeah. mean, you could probably play it. I did it a couple times. The deck was fine. This this doesn't have ad nauseum in the main deck, so you could actually <laughs> just play this list I'm looking at does not have ad nauseum in the main deck. So you don't even like it's just tendrils, you know, it's just storm, it's past and flame storm, and you could just cut a thousand dollars off this cost by not playing the sea and the island, mm -hmm. and probably do okay, but it's not the same feeling. I I know it's like that's weird. It's that weird thing, you know. Well, you Where always you... feel like you have to explain yourself if you put a. Uh... <laughs> You know, like, the first oh, thing you do is you're like, Steam Vince, I know. <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's, it's always a, a conversation good... that you have to have with your opponent. Uh, and, unless, like, unless it becomes, like, a, a format where the shadow becomes more of a thing, then you can psych people out. Yeah, right. You can be like, turn one, watery grave, go. Right? And they're just like, uh-oh, uh he's on that deck. 
right? Watergrave and Thoughtseize, and they're like, oh no, oh god, I'm playing against Death Shadow. So they're playing a completely different game against you initially. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I, I just I just think that it's it's the dual lands are both a defining or a defining card, but they're not they're not like exciting if that makes sense. No, yeah, they're not exciting at all. The only thing exciting make, about dual lands them. is is when once you've already owned them or if you find them in your dad's attic. Yeah right. <laughs> yeah right. Jeez, this four color loam deck's got a Johnny Vengeance in it. Sweet. Well, let's talk about let's talk about Storm. How how you you've been playing Storm now for a couple weeks, right? Yeah, I've I've been on it for for two weeks. Um, we we finally got an eight man at my local. So if if that's if that's anything, that's proof that people like to play Legacy. I had eight people at my local. <laughs> we actually fired <laughs> off a a sanctioned Magic tournament at my local. Um, so we're getting there. Uh, but yeah, I played uh I played it uh two weeks in a row. And uh, the first week, I uh, I went two and one, and um, I didn't I didn't walk away with anything. It was a six man, but I I learned I really felt like I knew the deck after like just a little bit of playing it, and I feel like a lot of that's based on playing against the deck a lot and also playing Modern Storm and kind of knowing what the lines are. Um, yeah. Uh, and I did the first week I didn't have an Anosium in my deck, so like this other deck, like I just decided to go off you know through. Past in flames and chaining my uh, tutors together, um, which worked fine. Like it was, it, I I actually feel like that's the safer way to go off most of the time. Um, and the second week, I had an ad nauseum and I only used it once. Yeah, I was I was never playing it live. I was only playing it online. I never really liked that nauseum. I never really wanted to play it. Yeah, I mean, it definitely you know, gets you I out of like situations and, like, you can't playing it otherwise win. Yeah, I think that's right. Like, it's interesting. You just kind of draw a bunch of cards and then win. But, like, I always felt, you know, at least at the time I was playing Storm, that it was always safer to just, like, wait another turn and then go for Pass and Flames. Yeah. Because Pass and Flames just, like, deterministic. Like, that thing goes on the stack and it's just, like, rage quit. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that was, that was, that was I had hard. a... I had... The only games I lost was the first... First round I lost to Infect because he had two very fast hands. And it was literally the first two games I played with the deck. Um, and then uh, we played like three or four more games while we were waiting for uh, time to go for everybody. And I won the next three games. I Like, okay, I've learned this deck now. Cool. And then uh, I lost to Tony Lohman, uh, who was on Red Black Reanimator. And that is actually a pretty bad matchup. Yeah, Grizzlebrand, <laughs> not a card you want to see. You know, Sire of Insanity is, is a real kick in the groin, man. You can get yeah, around Grizzlebrand. I mean, anything you, like that. Yeah, yeah. Chancellor. Uh, you know, if you put a Chancellor in play, uh, it's going to be really hard for me to get back from that. But, like, Sire of Insanity? You have to literally draw, like, yeah. the most ridiculous series of cards to be able to pull that off. You have to have the cards in your hand you need to go off, and then you need to basically, like, land, 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 uh, like, ritual into... Past in Flames, which you had in your opener, because that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, you're not going to like nine times out of ten. You're, if you have Past in Flames, you're probably going to mull it out of your opener, because um, it's just like a dead card in it early on. Um, so you'd have to have had Past in Flames in your opener, discard it, and then like drawn like land, land, uh, 
being on the play, draw land, land, so you have three. You cast Dark Rit you draw and cast Dark Ritual for five and like go off there. I mean you could have like land ritual, ritual, pedal, infernal tutor, past the flames. That would be a pretty sick hand. Well yeah, if you can get <laughs> yeah, sure, you can get there on turn one, sure. But um you know, it's it's when your opponent like puts down Siren Sanity and you lose every card in your hand, you're just like, Well, the only way I can literally win this is if I draw the exact next three cards that I need. Like, the chances of that happening are so minimal. Yeah. So what was your third match then? Uh, third match... Uh, well, so... That was... So, di the first week was... Uh... Let's see here. Uh, Infect, followed by... Um, Delver. Followed by... Uh... Nick Fit. Uh, and I won the Delver Nick Fit matches, and then the next week was uh, Red Black Reanimator, so I lost my first round. Um, I went up against uh, Jesus, uh, what was that? Uh, Dredge, which was a pretty easy win for me, um, and then uh, and uh, Sultai Delver. Um, uh, Sam Chan was playing Sultai Sultai Delver, and uh, those were those were fun matches. It, it, you know, there was a lot going on there, and and uh, you know, of course, like I, I look at his hand and I see he's got two, um, two him to Torax, and I'm like, uh -huh. oh god, this is terrible. And um, I basically like cast, uh, I cast something that I knew he had to counter, so he had to daze it to put it back in his hand, so I didn't get to turn two like him me. And I ended up like being able to cabal therapy the rituals out of his or the hymns out of his hand, but like that was a it was a weird line. I had to really take like basically I, oh I had to cast a dark ritual so that like I could get around days so I knew he would more than likely daze my dark ritual because mm -hmm. like who who cast dark ritual on turn one? Yeah, <laughs> you know like I cast wow. I had ca I played a land and cast a Gataxian probe saw what was in his hand I was like well I can't just cast. Uh, Cabal Therapy, he's going to definitely not let me resolve that. So I cast Dark Ritual, and he put the land back in his hand to daze it, and I was like, okay, I've bought myself a turn, I think I can get out of this now. Yeah. Good line. I I never was that smart. I could never... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I have to be honest, I, mean, it's I, like, to be honest I forgot that he was going to put a land in his hand. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, man, I, this is great! I totally forgot. Days. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I was I've been playing elves online and I and I just it's been like it's so funny like I just like been crushing with it you know relatively speaking like yeah, yeah. it's hard to five o leagues I, I respect a good five o leagues it is hard because like I played against I, I four won a league and I lost to possibly storm or maybe show I lost to some combo deck mm -hmm. and it's like oh that's right like this deck is stupid against all the mid range decks but like the second you hit a combo deck it oh, just yeah. like sucks. <laughs> yeah, know? like, what are you going to do, like, th there's no green hate creature that you can, like, get out with, uh, what's it called? Um, what's that guy's name? Uh, Natural Order, like, what are you going to get, a Gattic Teague out from Natural Order? No, you get, a, you get Rikthar, the Unbound, but you don't make it to four mana. Yeah, that's, that's, the that's the problem, right? They look at your hand, there's a bunch of elves, and they're like, alright, here's a Grizzle Brand, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the game's over. Um, but, yeah. But, like, yeah, I mean, it's been funny. I, I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm still just like, oh, I guess I just double-glimpsed this turn and drew 30 cards, and here's, you know, a 25-25 you know, creator hoof. Um, 
but uh, but it's like, yeah, I, I don't feel like I'm learning much about how to sideboard with the deck or anything. Most of the time, like, yeah, they were playing, they were playing, they put like some guys into play, so I'm just gonna like leave this as it is, and yeah. uh, maybe they have a graph diggers cage, so I'll bring in the reclamation sage. I don't know. Yeah, Richard <laughs> um, uh, Richard Busey uh, is a guy who plays at the local too, and he's he's recently switched from blue red delver over to elves, and um. Watching, watching him like go over the lines of the deck. It's it's not an easy deck to play. Yeah, so I was gonna say like the reason, the only reason I didn't like do well in my first league was that I kept getting Kyrian Ranger and Wirewood Symbiote mixed up. That and I'll be like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. bounce this elf or bounce this forest. And it's the wrong guy. I'm like, oh, whoops. God. Well, I concede. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the right I, thing. I, I lost. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, and in paper I've been playing Zoo, and I've been just getting destroyed. But I just, I don't know. I love playing Zoo. I want to. I wish it was good. I think I might have cracked the code on on the vacation here, so I'm looking forward to trying it again next week. Is it barbarian I think the, onslaught? I think, is it what? Barbarian onslaught. Barbarian all, onslaught. All creatures gain double strike. Is that a real card? It's a five mana card from Dragons of Tarkir. What? Jeez. Okay. <laughs> I can't find. Don't um, play that. No, don't I was thinking. That. I was the. Uh, well. I played Landfall Zoo. I put four crop rotations in my deck, and I played a bunch of uh, I played Step Links, and I played uh, played a Geopede. So I posted in our like legacy group. Does anyone have two? I could only find two played Geopedes in my collection. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, Does anyone have two played Geopedes for Legacy? Yes, you saw that correctly. And <laughs> so I, I played the first round against like one of those Dak in Punishing Fire, Control Decks. That was just a slaughter. I could not do anything. Then I played against Death and Taxes. I'm like, well, my decks, I got 30 creatures in my deck. And so this was not, a, it was not, I won. I won the match. And I won it with like, I got like three knights out. And they were all like 12 12s. And I had yeah. like double Berserk to win. I got 56 power knight casually. <laughs> um, then I played against John. That's another Punishing Fire deck. So that sucked, and then, uh, but I did win a game, and then I beat Miracles in one ra- in one game, and then lost the next two games with that new Miracles deck. But so, like, it was definitely fun to be like attack, fetch, crop rotation for fetch, to berserk. <laughs> you know, it's more yeah. like a combo deck, but I don't think that's a that's a uh, sustainable um, strategy. I thought about putting the Dark Depths combo in my deck because I had the four crop rotations and three knights. Just get like, someone. Just like get dark. Well, it was funny because I was playing against Miracles, and I play like turn one Noble Hierarch, turn two a Johnny Collar of the Pride, and he like reads it. And he's like, I guess Force of Will. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I can't... don't know. I don't. I don't want you. Like it's whenever that happened, you're just like, oh, he's playing weird cards. I, I suppose this is the weirdest one I've seen so far. I'll counter it. He's probably like, does this win? Does this win the game? And the answer is yes because it makes like you know. Yeah, X two two cats. Yeah. You know? So he's like, Well, you know, I guess I can't let you have this against my deck. That doesn't do anything. <laughs> it was just kinda of funny. So he hit like, Oh man, I finally I like forced he forced it and then I and he forced it again in another game. So I never got I did I did get to attack with a uh double striking eight nine or nice. nine nine uh played a geopede. What does <laughs> what point. does it uh do like so it's plus is what? Plus is a plus. Put a plus one plus one counter on a creature. Okay, so that's that's the thing. So the other one's flying in double strike, and then it's like make X two two cats where X is your life. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And against like miracles, like it's kind of funny because you think about it, like you're gonna be at like twenty two when you ultimate. Oh yeah, yeah. You're gonna. Like, he has to terminus. 
And yeah, like, it's not like, like you have to ultimate it at whatever its ultimate is. You can keep going up. Yeah, they can't get rid. I mean, they 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 like. I mean, they have like unexpectedly absent. He did like unexpectedly. He unexpectedly absent predicted uh, something, and then I just played the same card again. I forget what it was. It might have been Domri Rod. Might have a bunch of Planeswalkers. I don't know. It was fun. But like, yeah, I wish that the, I wish the deck was good. Maybe I can find a way to make it work. The card I was thinking of was Keldon Marauders. So, um, uh, Renegade Rallier is a card that I like. If I play a Renegade Rallier, I actually tend to win. I found with the deck mm-hmm. because it's a stupid card. Like, it's a good card, but the <laughs> But the decks it goes in are bad, if that makes sense, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, Keldon Marauders is like a two-mana creature. It's a two-mana 3-3. Three, three. It does – it guarantees doing two. And you can like kind of loop them and attack with one, and then you get your Renegade Rallyer. It goes to the graveyard in your upkeep, and you can Renegade Rallyer it back. Then you've got like six power. I don't know. I'm going to try that. I think that might be a fun – I actually didn't find Tarmogoyf very good. I just don't have enough – don't have enough card types. It's all creatures and lands. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like, unless they, and they have to put something in there. If they're going to put instants, they're going to kill your guys. Yeah, but, if you're you know. going to cast Berserk uh, and then get, and try and make your Tarmogoyf bigger, you're probably already losing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Berserk on the Steplings and Knight and Plated Geopede was very satisfying, but Tarmogoyf is like a 4-5, and it's like, yeah, whatever. But um, I'm going like, to give that a I shot. I think play Bloodlust. <laughs> I was actually looking at an old school deck list that's like Bloodlust Berserk. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been. I've been. Uh. I actually went to uh, Hoboken over the weekend and uh, I played a lot of old school with Paul. Uh, and let me tell you, man, that was a blast. Uh, really. Old school is so much fun. We. Uh, so I have three decks now for old school. I have um, uh, Rug Tempo, which is basically like your Urnum Jin, Curd Ape, uh, Serendib Jin, uh, Argrothian Pixie deck. With, like, yep. bolts and counter spells and stuff. Um, then I have Stasis, because I'm an asshole. Um, <laughs> the Stasis deck is actually, like, super, so, so good. And this is Stasis in 93, so I don't have access to um, Despotic Scepter, which is sort of a bummer. Um, but the deck is just, like, so good. As long as you, like, open with a Stasis and you get to cast it, like, it's just impossible. Paul only has White Weenie, so, like, yeah. you know, he can beat me with Sarah Angel. Um, and I always forget how busted Sarah Angel is until you put it in a format where, like, you know, there weren't great answers for that card. Well, there's Swords to Plowshares, but yeah. Yeah, but I'm terror. not playing playing Swords in a, in in my Rug deck, right? And I'm certainly not yeah. letting him cast Sarah Angel if I'm on Stasis, right? It's like the number one thing I can't do is let him put that into play. But, like, he's playing Crusade. And so against my Rug deck, he was just like, all right, I've got a 6-6 six, six Sarah Angel. Nothing beats that. You can't you can't stop a Sarah Angel at six six. And in rug, I mean, you definitely can. No, in nineteen ninety four, definitely. Like, not, I, I'm playing Psychic Blast and, and like like to kill Sarah Angels, and that's still not good enough. Um, and so the other the third deck that I have is uh, Titania's Song. Uh, yeah. Another another prison deck, slightly less of a dick deck than uh than the Stasis deck. But, um, man, the format's so much fun, man. Like, I really would like to try and get a tournament for um, old school going around here. Um, oh, is it, aren't there tournaments for old school? Yeah, the, the, they pop up every now and again. And there's there's this thing called Redux that, like, some store in Livingston is doing. And Redux is basically, like, you're not allowed to use power or and you're allowed to use proxies. But if you proxy your dual lands with, uh, with shock lands... 
it doesn't count as your proxy limit. It's a weird format. It's it's like on Reddit as like a thing. Magic Redux, yeah. R-E-D-U-X. Um, and they, they have like weird substitutions. Like you're not allowed to play Recall, but you're allowed to play four Brainstorms. Uh, and this is all 93-94. So, you, you know, like you're technically yeah. not supposed to be able to play these cards. Um, and then there's like, they have weird rules about like how you're allowed to present your proxies, which I think is silly. Um but what? Yeah. Well, it's what is like what is you, in this Titania song deck? I'm, I'm oh, looking at an Antiquities Titania song is a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So Titania so, song is a uh, is a lock deck using Winter Orb, Icy Manipulator, and um, several other artifacts just to like get out ahead of your opponent and sort of stop him from killing you. Initially, you play Wrath of God, you play Armageddon, Balance. You know, you basically just stop your opponent from winning the early half of the game, and then. Once uh, you've locked your opponent down with Kismet, Winter Orb, and um, uh, Icy Manipulator, you cast Titania Song, and all of your artifacts become creatures with power and toughness equal to their casting cost, and you swing in and kill him. Yeah, that's interesting. I had no idea that was there was actually a prison deck like that. Oh yeah, that yeah. Form. That was so. That was actually it's funny. Um, so the the way the meta worked in in uh, Ice Age was there was Necropotence, you know, turn one Necropotence, yeah. turn, turn one uh, Dark Ritual and Hip uh, Hypnotic Spectre into uh, what's called uh, turn two Hymnotorak. It was a really hard deck to get around it. It played uh, Black Knight, Hem uh, Knights of Stromgold, and uh, Knights of the Ebon Hand. So white decks had a real problem with this deck. Um, but um, so what you had to do was... Stasis became a big deal because Stasis I remember was this really good. History. Yeah, yes. Stasis was really good against uh, Necropotence because you could have a handful of cards and you could outvalue somebody, sure. But if you can't actually untap to kill me, like to cast those spells, um, your Necropotence is is also not drawing you cards, so you're not really getting ahead of the board. And you know, basically, like it slows you down just enough, right? And then because Stasis started to take over the meta. Um, Titania Song came out, and it turns out that if you cast Winter Orb when someone has Stasis out, they can't win because they can't get rid of their Stasis and untap. Yeah, which is a big oh, part of Stasis is like you get you disenchant your Stasis or you despot accept your Stasis, you untap with all the mana that you've been gaining over the past couple of turns, where you're just like drawing three cards with with uh, Howling Mine and like playing a land every turn. You get to untap all your lands, and then you're like, okay, well, it's going to be another 20 turns until you untap again. If there's a yeah. Winter Orb on the board, you can't do that. You only get to untap one land a turn. So Titania Song was sort of the the um, stalemate break, and it was also really good against uh, Necropotence because of the Wrath of Gods and the Armageddons. Well, I, I, my friend about a Stasis deck just played an 80-card deck. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. I gotta, we play Zephyr Falcon. That card's so good. Yeah. I gotta get going. My brother needs his, his uh, room back, but yep. uh, we'll catch up again next week. Yep, stop, have a good day. Stop, animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? It's our good. Keeping up with the Joneses. Stop, stop, animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? It's our good. Keeping up with the Joneses. I'm keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses. All right. Where does he get those wonderful toys?